Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. This is your host, Corey Cottrell, and of course, we got my good buddy, Rio Verdenier. Hey, guys. Uh, and we got, uh, we got Matt on today, who is uh, a friend of Rio's. Um, Matt, if you could, please tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, and, uh, um, and, and then we'll just jump off from there. Well, I've been friends with Rio for um, longer than anyone that he currently knows, and I have a bachelor's degree in political science master's degree in international conflict resolution, master's degree in clinical psychology, and a doctor of psychology in clinical psychology, and I'm licensed to practice in California, Oregon, and soon to be Washington, and I identify as mostly gay, and I have my moments where I'm not gay. You you (laughs) Um, slept with more women than I have. yeah, I, I <laughs> probably you and your co-host combined, but nonetheless, um, yeah, uh, so I, I guess, you know, your listeners might be wondering, why am I on this show? Well, it's because um, in spite of me being gay, I don't align myself with about 85% of the LGBTQ community and their political ideas. So I think Rhea wants to have a little fun with me, pick my brain, put me on the spot, school me. Um, he might get schooled too. Nonetheless, I think we'll all come out learning a little bit more about uh, the world we live in. So that's the goal. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, one thing we're trying to do with this show actually is kind of break down the tribal lines that have America divided right now, where people just automatically lump you in with a group of people based on one detail they know about you, right? Like you're gay. Right. Oh, okay. Well, therefore you must be a liberal Democrat, right? That sort of thing. And, and, and so I think it's important to remind people that we're all individuals and that it's actually a much more interesting and productive conversation when we talk to people like individuals rather than treating them as members of identity groups. Um, correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong, Matt, but I think you said you were the, you were the um, first. I know what you're going to ask. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so with regard to politics, um, when I was in uh, late high school and college, I wanted to be a politician. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and so I uh, worked for um, George W. Bush's campaign, Senator Gordon Smith at the time. I was chairman of the College Republicans at the University of Oregon for a year, first openly gay elected one. Um, I was a student senator, um, program finance committee at University of Oregon. And I also uh, did opposition research for representative uh, or candidate Goalie Amery, who is trying to um, un- unseat Congressman Wu um, in the Portland district. Of course, we failed because she's a Republican. Um, she ultimately was nominated to uh, be on the Human Rights Commission in uh, Geneva. But that's essentially my career in politics. There's a lot of uh, volunteer work. I've done a lot of um, footwork for the GOP um, up until George W. Bush's reelection. And then I took a different path and I decided to go into mental health because without a um, jurisprudence doctorate, you know, an attorney of law doctorate, um, there's not much career opportunity in politics. So I'm a better therapist. I'm a better clinician than I'm a politician. I mean, I just I have a lot of opinions, though. But um, opinions don't make money. So that's why I chose a different career path in clinical psychology, because I think I'm good at it. So. Well, and 
the main reason I wanted to have you have you on, Matt, is because I've been telling our listeners that I know this guy who is not just the smartest Trump supporter I know personally, but the smartest Trump supporter I know of. Like, I, I, you're you you are not like much of a public figure, but I think maybe you should be more of one because you have made um, arguments for Trump which I couldn't refute, right? I mean, we could disagree in terms of like maybe values or something, but as far as like, you know, your premises being true and then the the conclusion following from the premises, they're really the only sound logical arguments for supporting Trump that I've ever heard. And and I think that it's, it's useful for people to, you know, kind of steel man the opposition. Um, and, you know, you might even be able to persuade some of our listeners to support Trump. I'm sure Corey would, would be thrilled with that. <laughs> Well, <laughs> go <yeah>. on. <laughs> and, and so, and just by the way, I I, I know Rio um, very well, and I I love Rio. I mean, I've known him since he was a kid, and Rio has has a good heart. I mean, we're all flawed, obviously, but um, I know Rio's intentions. I know what he wants for the United States. I know what he wants for the world. And even though we all get frustrated at times, um, his heart's in the right place, and he wants. Um, the best and he's demonstrated that over and over again with so many of his policy platforms his initiatives what he's done in the community what he's doing on this podcast so i hold a rio in the highest regard even though i only agree with him about 85 percent of the time so with that said i don't know anything about Corey. um you look good on camera though um you have a great radio voice so i'm excited to get to know who this person is um behind the camera Corey, why don't you tell Matt about yourself for a little bit? You don't talk about yourself enough anyway. Oh, geez. Well, I don't have any degrees. <clears throat> um, I, uh, I was about a year off from getting a PhD in English. Realized that was a dumb oh, idea wow. and moved uh, up to the Arctic in a bus to learn how to play guitar, which was the right thing to do. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, you know, I've been uh, a pro musician for the last 15 years, got into podcasting about two or three years ago, I guess. Um, and so I do a lot of this now, uh, we live down in Miami. So, you know, I do, uh, uh, you know, I stream sunrises live every morning and stuff. Yeah. It's not horrible at all. Um, and yeah, I guess on the, the political side, you know, I volunteered for, uh, for both Obama campaigns and spent uh, a fair amount of time criticizing, uh, uh, the actions of, of both of those administrations. Um, but I mean, after, uh, Bush lying us into a war that killed between one and 2 million people, you know, it's still <laughs> significantly better. Uh, and, uh, I didn't do anything really in the election, uh, between, you know, I was a Bernie supporter and I kind of checked out, I figured, you know, if Hillary Clinton's going to win, she's going to win. I assumed she would because Donald Trump is a fucking idiot. Um, if you'll excuse my French, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, obviously it, it didn't happen. And I think that, that hubris was, was amazing. I remember saying on my show, you know, the day after the election, you know, the, the silver lining is, is that now that Trump has won, all of you will not be going to sleep. If Hillary Clinton had won, every single progressive that I know would have just gone back to bed. Which would have been a good thing. <laughs> for, for you, not for me, right? Like that, the, the yeah, I, 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 I don't agree. So, Trump has woken up the monster, man. <laughs> I guess, right? That, you know, <laughs> well, it, on, hey, on Corey, all sides, right? Yeah, Corey, just um, like um, anecdotally speaking, where do you fall roughly on the political uh, spectrum? You know, you've got obviously the alt-right, You've got, I guess what you could say, the alt-left. There's, you know, um, communist, socialist, left, left of center, center, 
right? I mean, where, where are you on the spectrum? Just so I can kind of gauge how to um, approach you. Um, Rio, do you want to answer that question? I think you might Corey be is more... not, Yeah, Corey's not a socialist. He's a capitalist. Um, he supports Andrew Yang like I do. Yes. Um, he supported Bernie Sanders because from his perspective, he more closely aligned with his views than Hillary Clinton did. But I think it's fair to say Yang way more closely aligns with your views than Sanders. Does. Oh, hundred percent. Like that, yeah. that's, that's totally. He's right. a, ca- he's like, he's a, he's a, a social Democrat, right? He's a center left. Right, right, uh, right. He believes in, you know, the welfare state, but he wants to preserve capitalism. Yeah. Okay. Until, until technology um, makes it obsolete. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I just want to say this, um, about Obama's two terms. I, in hindsight, I am thankful that McCain and um, Mitt Romney lost the elections to Obama because they would not have been effective leaders of the right, which I consider myself a member of, and it would not have produced the presidency of Donald Trump, which I am 100% committed, committed and loyal to. So. Um, I am thankful that um, Obama won because had the other ones won, we probably would have Clinton today or someone else or someone further left. And um, Obama, for better or worse, uh, was the catalyst that delivered us Donald Trump. And I thank you for working for him to produce that result. I'm a little Uh, bit worried that Trump might be increasing the odds that we're going to get like an actual far left socialist. Okay, don't don't (laughs) breathe. Don't breathe the lead. Why? Like I could see, and I love to use the word loyal because his supporters really dig into that, right? Because it definitely isn't because he's a smart man. It's definitely not because he's an effective man. But people have been dialing in, whether it's the, uh, uh, the Southern strategy or going against uh, uh, or trying to get to evangelicals on board. There is this function in the Republican Party that demands loyalty. So is that it? Or like you're an exceptionally smart guy. How the fuck are you applying yourself to this dumpster fire? That's, I appreciate the colorful word, and that's a really fair question. Um, you said that he initially is not a smart man, and he is not effective. Um, on the contrary, he is intelligent, even though he speaks like a buffoon at times, and he is highly effective. Um, he won the election. He has um, high support among his base. His rallies are having high support among your base in the Republican party is not a sign of intelligence. Uh, Neither is drawing a a black marker around a hurricane. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, like say, just saying he's smart because his dad gave him, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars and he fucked up like literally up to casinos. Right. Like in what way is Donald Trump intelligent? And because again, like a white man in America can fail upwards. We've seen it a million times and you know, like Mm -hmm. just, we'll just take it one at a time. Right. If he's smart and I'm missing it, what did I miss? Well, he's smart in the sense that, yeah, he did have a leg up as um, growing up. He had a loan from his dad. Um, he's so, smart so in the that sense that he... Not as big a leg up as Trump, but, you know, like, we're sympathetic. <laughs> but, so, I mean, yeah, do you no, believe but, that it was a million or, or uh, close to a billion? Um, I think it's closer to 10 million, maybe 20 million he okay. was, was working yeah. with at the time. I, I don't know. I think it's definitely more... Yes. Than a million, but I, I don't. Um, I don't. Be, I don't believe he's stupid, only because he has moments of simplicity. So when he draws a circle um, around a hurricane, or he says, um, you know, stupid things at a rally, I don't know that that's indicative of essentially a low IQ. He's managed to hold together a financial empire, ethically or not, for many decades. He's had a lot of failures, 
but he's still one of the richest people in the United States. And That's he arguable. started a, he started a campaign with no political experience and he went out and he defeated a Clinton uh, first time around. That has never been done in the history of the United States. You cannot accomplish that and not be intelligent on some level. And if you want to ignore it, that's okay. But nonetheless, he won the election, and it's highly likely he's going to win again, whether you like it or not. I, I, let me smart, think, I, think, no, I think you might be right. I don't think that throw, probably is doing throw him out of bone here for a second. Sure. Because, like, I mean, um, <clears throat> this is kind of pop psychology, so <laughs> we have a, an expert on psychology on here who's going to school me on it. But, like, pop psychology would say, you know, there's different <clears throat> intelligence, right? And so, right. you know, Trump may not have the kinds of book smarts that the three of us have. I, I think it's fair to say he doesn't, right? Um, yeah, he does not. That is correct. Yeah. Totally right. But, but so right. what would you say is the kind of intelligence that he does possess? And why is that something that you find um, effective or useful? Well, I don't know that I find um, his intelligence or lack of intelligence um, attractive. And that's not what necessarily draws me to vote for him. I mean, it plays a role. Um, why I vote for him is his um, stated policy positions. Um, they've waffled significantly over the years. Like he's been uh, pro-choice, he's now pro-life. I'm sure there's other things he's gone back and forth on. But where he um, stands, like when he came down the escalator and he announced his campaign, he said a number of things. But one of the things he said regarding immigration is he says that there are people coming across the border. He said they're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. Some are rapists, or they are rapists, and then some of them are good people, I assume. And he, I felt, characterized the problem mostly accurately because we have an immigration problem that's out of control. And he drew a red line, and he created um, sides. Like, there's this side, and there's that side. And that's a really great political strategy because you have to have an enemy in politics. You have to have something to defeat. Politics is a con is a contact sport, and he uh, I he defined it and he pursued it and he won. And there's a um, political intelligence about him, even though he comes across as naive and inexperienced. But he built this campaign. He built a movement. He saw it through for years, and he ultimately won an election. Um, that's brilliant, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the, the I sort of see him as a one-trick pony. He's really, really good at at reading the room. And if you're a, in a room full of racist people that don't know that net immigration is down, um, which it has been for for years now, uh, then you play. Yeah, but that's the consequence of the recession. When the well, recession, because no, no, it was actually before it was before then, right? So like it's been it's been leveling off for a while. Like the like the whole you know idea that immigration is completely and totally ridiculous and is a big huge nightmare is a trope. It's all it is. Like oh my god, there's big caravans coming. You know the only time you ever hear about a caravan is right before an election because he reads the room, which again is a, an exceptionally perfectly racist electorate. Right. That's their fears. He's playing to those things. He's saying you're losing your jobs. You're losing all these things. Um, and the brown people are to blame. Right. So he reads that room and then he just reads it back to them. I think that that if he's got a, a superpower, which clearly he does, I mean, you don't you don't attain these things without having some capacities. Right. Um, ethics, morals, yeah. the ability to tell the truth. None of those included. But he can look at, at to, you know, uh, uh, like a good wrestler. Right. He can look up in, a, in the WWE crowd and realize that they're going to cheer if he says wall which is the only reason why he says it, right? 
And to me, like imbuing that with any kind of credibility, with any kind of, of, of ethical or moral position, it, for somebody with your education level, that's honestly like, I, I try never to get mad or frustrated. Really extremely smart people like you pushing a dumpster fire like Donald Trump. It re, like it, it, I do not get it. And saying you want to be loyal and like suggesting that what he says when he comes down is not absolutely abjectly racist is really confusing to me when net immigration is down. Okay, I understand your question. Hey, I need to um, go grab my Diet Coke. <laughs> it's sitting over there, and I'm thirsty, so I will be back in 10 seconds. And no, I'm not avoiding your question. No, 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 that's, that's okay. Second. We'll wait. I'll, I'll, I got all day. All right. all right. Yeah, I got all day, too. <laughs> we, we actually don't all. I know all we day. don't have all day. I just I was trying to be cool. We have a congressional candidate in twenty minutes. Okay, oh yeah, I forgot about that. No, I, clearly we need to do this again because I don't. I don't want uh, there to be any time. Concern. I, I, I mean, yeah, that might have been a mistake. I probably should have given Matt more time. Um, I was. I, I, I want to make sure we get to the arguments of his that I personally found compelling. Okay. Um, so far, he's been kind of saying the same thing that Scott Adams says, right? Which is that Trump has a kind of like psychological and social intelligence that he's able to use to great effect as an entertainer, um, as somebody who does have a kind of, I mean, if, if nothing else, he, he, ha, he is an expert at manipulating other people right. in order to get what he wants. He's, he's an exceptional that, that, that is, I mean, that is, that is a, a quality that you see in like some of the, the great mob bosses throughout history. And some of those people were wicked smart, even if they weren't book smart, even if it was just street smarts. Fair enough. Somebody who knows how to read another person, to size them up, to see their, their, um, their weaknesses and to really go for the jugular like that it is, is something to contend with. And she really shouldn't underestimate that. Well, that's true. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm back and I, I just want to address, um, I guess this is not going to probably satisfy you, but um, you say that Trump is, is racist or extremely racist. Um, I think to some extent, all, we, all white people um, are racist and that's something that we can all work on. To the extent that you believe he is racist, I don't share that position. Um, in spite of some of the things that he says, I feel that um, his comments are not necessarily taken out of context. I mean, they are, but they are exaggerated um, in their meaning. And so, you know, I'm married to someone from China. Um, I love him a lot. And, you know, I, I'm, I know I'm not racist because I, I, don't, I don't hate other people, but we all, we all have our racial preferences. Um, so, look. What I'm trying to say is I don't believe that Trump is racist to the extent that, that you, you think that he is. And that if you focus too much on race and you label his base as racist or anyone who is thinking about voting for him as racist, um, you're essentially demonizing them. And you might be skipping over layers of uh, person, of psychology, of sociology, of who these people are, and you will turn them against you. So. I think it's important not to sling the race term around lightly or loosely. I mean, I'm, I think that you're mindful not to do that, but um, calling people racist is happening too often and too many instances uh, in this country. And I just think so many people are not really racist. They just want their borders controlled. They want um, management at the border. We have over 10 million um, illegal immigrants here. There are caravans of people that arrive um, at times. There are drugs. There's human trafficking at the border. And yet he will say wall, wall, wall to 
rile up his base. But nonetheless, that doesn't mean that there isn't a problem down there that needs to be addressed. So, Matt, Matt um, you had a, you, I'm sorry, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. What more I, to, I just wanted to push you a little bit, not push you actually, encourage you a little bit on the wall thing because um, you had an interesting about the wall basically being. Uh, a symbol, you said, right? So like in a way, it's not necessarily that it's the most practical way of stopping immigration, although I know you think that it does, it contributes to it, to it in addition to lots of other things can be practical. I mean, obviously, everything else being equal, yeah, having a wall is barriers. better than not having one. But like, it's not the most efficient, yeah, barriers right, it's not the most efficient way of doing it. It's not the most cost-effective way of doing it. But the reason he, Trump uses it is because it's a symbol. And he really, once again, he knows how to... Um, manipulate people's emotions in order to get them to do what he wants, which in this case is vote for him. Yeah. And we can get into your argument about why that's a good thing next. And I want to make sure that we do that and we don't just waste all our time talking about the wall because uh, most of us are yeah. tired of it, honestly. But yeah, no, I, can I think it's just a little bit on the, what yeah. you mean by it being a symbol, because I feel like that's a really profound psychological point. I agree. Yes, it is profound. <laughs> the wall. You're much better at tooting your own horn than our ordinary guests, dude. <laughs> Um, look, I just want to say something to um, Corey. You know, when I hear the questions you ask and the words that you use, um, I can tell that your heart also is in the right place and you want what's best for this country and you're concerned about marginalized and demonized populations. You don't want people to be thrown under the bus. You don't want people to be taken advantage of simply because their skin color is different. And I, I agree with that from the immigration perspective, it's a entirely illegal status for me. It's unfortunate that 99% of illegals right now, I'm guessing, happen to be of a different ethnicity and race than us. So it's very easy to conflate um, legal status with uh, racial politics. And yeah, some people are motivated by race uh, when they want to build the wall or to deport people. But nonetheless, regardless of race, if people are here illegally and or they're coming illegally, our motivation for wanting to remove them isn't really relevant. I mean, it, it, what's relevant is, are they here legally or not? And if they're not, we have every right to deport them. We have every right to make them wait outside of our country and we can stop them. I don't care what color they are. It's just, we need to have management at the border. We need to secure the borders. And the fact that we have tens of millions here already that want amnesty and then more will come on amnesty, that's unacceptable to me. And throwing around the race card isn't going to change my mind okay. or Trump's no, it, mind. In fact, it's going to make yeah. it double down and support him even more. Right. No, I, I, get, I, I get the deplorables thing makes for a more insular tribe. I'm actually not here to convince any Trump supporter to vote for a Democrat ever. I don't care. We don't need you. Um, I do agree. But that's not the right attitude. We have different attitudes. There are like, look at the entire Yang gang for people that are much better at this than me. Right. Um, I am morally and ethically fucking astounded that anyone would vote for Trump to the point that I, you know, I have absolutely no intention of letting anyone off the hook for this. So, and when I say that, so the, uh, Trump not being racist, I think you're actually right. I don't think he cares one way or the other. Right. But he's also the kind of person that will look into that crowd, find the most noxious thing he possibly could and use it. Now, backing anyone like that is completely and totally unconscionable to me. I do not get that. And I probably never will. Right. Like you're not going to convince me of that either. Corey, kind of like how Sanders takes advantage of class hatred? Not, not even remotely. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation. Um, I guess it just, you know, the, the, on, on the immigration side, I guess you should know I was here illegally for about 10 years, right? 
And uh, well, I don't, I don't know where, no, no. where are you from? Well, I'm from Canada, uh, but I'm from one of those oh, white you're, countries, you're, so nobody I, cared. But right. you're a Canadian that hates Trump. I mean, classic, I have to say. Well, that's, I mean, we're, we're, we're polite, but we'll get in bar fights when it's necessary. Um, and, and it's one of those things. So wait, um, Matt, uh, could, uh, you didn't get a chance to talk about the symbol thing because, uh, yeah, no, I think that's important. I feel like that relates to your point. I mean, I feel like you've actually made the case that Trump has a, a kind of social and political intelligence that is, that really does put him at a higher level in some respects than the average politician. And it is probably the reason why, despite being an underdog in a lot of ways. I mean, he had the establishment of the GOP, like people like me against him, and he still won the primary. Like he, he did something, right? And, and so what, what do you mean by this symbol thing? And, and why, why do you think that is an important political um, weapon of him? Well, symbols, um, uh, symbols are a part of like what, is populism symbols are are needed in movements of nationalism, national identity, national pride, uh, national patriotism, and Trump knows how to effectively pull the heartstrings of Americans who see themselves as nationalist, um, secured border patriot type of people. Whether they actually are that way in real life isn't relevant. It's how they identify in their minds. And he understands the political psychology of those people. And he can go and he can play off of that. And it's, it's intelligent to some degree, and it works, and it wins elections. So when you say, how can I support someone who, you know, says these terrible things, I don't support the terrible things that he says. Trump, for me, is a means to an end. I have an agenda that I would like to see for the United States, and Donald Trump um, is manifesting that effectively. So what matters is not so much Trump, it's his legacy, it's the policies that are left in place, it's the laws that are passed, and most importantly, it's the judges that serve lifetime appointments on federal courts, appellate courts, and the Supreme Court that matter the most. Um, There's a lot about Trump I, I don't like, um, I don't care for his wife. I think she's beautiful and she's improving in her role, but his kids are atrocious. Like the fact that Melania Trump is, or that, um, what's his daughter's name? Ivanka. <laughs> she, she's, or well, it depends on which one. Uh, she, There's the one that nobody ever hears from because they keep her in a box, but yeah. Tiffany. Yeah. No, no, his <laughs> right. kids, they leave a lot to be desired. The only kid of his that I like is Baron Trump. I mean, I mean, cause, but I'm not going to could great, we other- could we circle back? I want to focus on something because I think that the, the judges thing I think is is the thing that I find most common in people that are like just just hold your uh, you know hold your hold your tongue and just vote for this guy and 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 whatever because of those judges specifically what is it about judges that have no idea what they're doing will absolutely vote against lgbtq uh, uh, values or really any minorities any chance they get uh, and will basically make sure that every tax cut passes no matter what happens until there basically is no uh, uh welfare or tax redistribution in this country at all like what what about those now and of course i'm throwing this like giant caveat list i should be a lot more responsible as an interviewer but i'm just not what about that is good um, well, the way that you characterize it, that certainly doesn't sound good. Fortunately, we have a checks and balances system in the country, and we're always going to have divided courts. So the court's never going to be um, so stacked that it goes completely off the right side of the cliff, nor will it go off 7-2 the left for a side lifetime? 
Well, look, even Chief Justice Roberts at times rules against the right, and you'll hear them cry, oh my God, I can't right. believe George Bush put him on there. He's just terrible. Um, and he's trying to bring some center-right balance um, to the court. But with regard to LGBTQ rights, and I don't know if you mentioned it, but women's rights, particularly um, the Roe v. Wade um, decision, you know, I'm pro-choice to an extent. I mean, personally, I'd like to see it after, like the third trimester and on um, be illegal unless it poses a threat to the, the mother's life. I don't support late-term abortion or anything like that. I'd like to see it banned. I'd like to see it criminalized. And I'd like to see women prosecuted who engage in that type of behavior. But if you want to get an abortion when you find out in a few weeks, I don't support it personally, but I certainly think you should have the liberty to terminate the pregnancy up to a certain point to bring balance to the table. Because some people want no abortion. Other people want to be able to kill the baby even after it's born. And if you can draw it like down Ooh, the middle. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Center. Some of us want to eat them. Yeah, like, the, like killing babies after they're born and stuff like that. This actually speaks to exactly the kind of, of you know, narrative we're getting from, from Trump and his supporters. Right. The whole okay, idea well, let's, let's say you're telling me I can't call someone a racist when they are, but you're going to say and just drop the little and you're a psychologist. You know what's happening right now. Right. You drop a little hint like, oh, man, Democrats want to fucking eat babies, which is exactly what Trump says all the fucking time. It's like, oh, they want to kill Democrats want to kill babies after they're born, which is mm. wait for it. Dog shit. Right. We're, like we're sitting yeah. here being called baby killers, which is ridiculous. And I'm no, not allowed to call a racist a racist because I might make them sad not. and they won't vote with me. Like, come on. No, to a large degree. Like if you support the aborting of babies in late term, I would characterize a person that supports that as a baby killer. Yes. I don't think that anybody wants to kill it. Like right when they're on the table, maybe it happens like once a year, no one wants to eat the baby. And if I gave that impression, I'm sorry, I take that back. But um, I'm just saying with regard to late term abortion, I would like to see some restrictions. Um, on abortion put in place. Um, you probably support restrictions on the Second Amendment. Mind you, the Second Amendment is on paper. Roe v. Wade is just a ruling that happened 40 years ago. Um, so we both want to regulate each other's right to some degree. I don't even know where you stand on Second Amendment, but I'm guessing you're from Canada. You probably don't support the Second Amendment. No, um, I mean, Americans just, have proven they don't deserve to handle guns. Uh, but the, the, on, the, on the, the third trimester thing, like we could actually have a rational conversation about you know late term abortions right and i think like, i think there 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 is definitely um a, a a moral and ethical framework where we could have that conversation in a responsible way right uh, and i think mm -hmm. there, there there are exceptions where you know again the life of the mother there there's things that that come into play there right that you know uh, you, we just don't want to be flipping about that could i interject for a second of um, course I, I i'm just i'm wary of the fact that I don't want to like stop either of you guys from having your conflict, but I'm wary about the fact that, you know, a Trump supporter and a left winger arguing is actually not the most interesting radio that we could be producing. So I, I, I want to try to press uh, Matt to make some of the points of his that I find novel. And he started, started to touch on it when he talked about judging. Um, so Matt, um, I'm going to try to paraphrase something you've said to me in the past. Uh, feel free to correct me if I get any details wrong. Um, but, you know, my, the, my takeaway from a conversation I had with him about Trump basically went something like this. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's possible that some of the Supreme Court justices might vote in ways that we as relatively socially progressive people wouldn't like. But millennials are increasingly 
hostile to capitalism and we need to stack the courts now because in the future there's going to be a huge majority of people who are actually socialist and we need to do something to prevent them from being able to just take over the country overnight and the best way of doing that is to have people not just in in the supreme court but you know courts all over the country who um who are interested in preserving the economic liberty of Americans, which really will be under threat in coming generations. Yeah, I um, agree with everything that Rio just said. Right, so the reason I find that a compelling argument, and, I, and I've been trying to, to persuade Corey that Sanders is much more radical and extreme than he thinks he is. Um, but honestly, it could be somebody far, far, far more radical than Sanders someday. And I mean, this guy's already proposing a federal jobs guarantee, which our boy Yang said, you might as well give everybody gray, gray overalls. <laughs> That's what he said when he was asked about it, the FJG. He's like, you might That's as well give awesome. gray overalls. I mean, um, so how many of these new judges are going to defend some kind Nazis? Of balance in this country. And when, when Matt talks about Trump as perhaps an unpleasant means to an end, um, I think that it's because he's frustrated with seeing more respectable, upright, frankly, more classy people like uh, Romney and McCain lose, you know? And, and, and so he's saying, like, if what it takes to actually win an election in this country is to put somebody out there who's going to say some unpleasant stuff, then that's what it's going to take. And I, do, it's, I personally find it very difficult to have a rational argument against that point because I am sympathetic to a lot of his concerns around those lines. And it seems to me that when the Democratic Party moves further and further left, it's only increasing the odds that we're going to get more people like Trump. Yeah, I just want to ask Corey one question. You said yeah. a minute ago, um, Americans have already proven that they don't deserve the right to keep and bear arms. Did I yeah. hear you correctly? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, do you say why? Uh, absolutely. It, it's it, they're just automatically assuming that everyone should be able to have a gun, right? Um, has a death no, they're not. That's not true. Not true. Not true. Have you, I mean, in this, every time I get quoted the Second Amendment, it's like, oh my God, everyone is elect, like, we should be giving guns to everyone. I mean, this is what most of the no, people. No, that's like that's saying. like no, that's like that's like saying, oh, liberals support free speech. They think you should be able to, you know, say fire, fire inside of a theater. No one's saying that. Any anyone who supports the Second Amendment does not support convicted murderers, criminals, people with a criminal history supporting guns. If they do support it, um, they're wrong, and there should be background checks, and there should be some checks right. and balances on the Second Amendment is not absolute. And there's a lot of improvement that can be done with the uh, regulation and the checking systems uh, in this country. But, but um, I mean, if someone doesn't agree with that, I mean, that, that's insane. Well, so, okay. Here, here's the thing. I come from a country where, it is, where it's not a fundamental right because we realize in Canada that it's not the 1800s and not everybody needs a musket to go after a king. Um, it's just, it's just not the world we live in. Right. There are, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not, are you sure, are you sure you really know the world that we live in? You yes. say, we don't live in this type of world. So you're, you're woke and that's awesome. How I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. I say that to get a rise out of people and it works, right? I mean, it's not quite as good as baby killers, <laughs> but I want to, I want to, I want to break people out of their, their assumption that 
it is completely and totally natural and obvious that everyone should be allowed to get a gun within the restrictions. Fine, fine, fine. Right. Everyone should. Cause like, honestly, for in, in, in a world where we were, you know, going after consensus, just getting background checks. Awesome. Like at least then we're moving the needle forward. Cause right now 35,000 people in America die every single year from guns and they don't have to. So that's just like, I want to own a gun. So I feel safer. The actual number of times be- yeah. that, that it will make you but, safer so, is unknown because you're not even allowed to study guns nationally. Right. I, I know, but you, you, you kind of, when you, you say these numbers, you, you gloss over them quickly and it's unfortunate. You say 35,000 people, I guess last year died of guns, but it's important for the listener to know how many of those died of suicide. How many you realize I don't care. Accident? It doesn't matter to me. Well, I know you don't care. Maybe it's because you're Canadian, but I'm a United States citizen and I do care. And these numbers matter when it comes to- Not about to the dead people you don't. You could give a fuck about the dead people. Oh my God, you, you don't. You don't I mean, know that, but you don't know wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait, Corey, I'm sorry. I mean, you're, you're, you're Matt, Eric Matt, or, or Corey. Yes. Matt, okay. Matt, Corey, no, no, Corey, I, Corey, I, Rio, stop. I, Corey, I'm sorry. And I don't mean this to be mean, but- you're That's quite okay. um, arrogant and presumptuous Absolutely. in your assumption. And I mean, that's okay as long as you know it. Um, but I do care about the dead people. I don't, I mean, maybe I should care more about them. I mean, that's something to think about. I agree. Um, but it's important to know how many people uh, died from gunshot wounds out of self-defense. How many of those are police related? I mean, a lot of people die of gun wounds, gun violence in this country. We're, we're, the, we're the highest in the world, maybe Right. higher than all the other countries combined, which is actually very concerning. And that might motivate your disdain for the second amendment. 100%. I don't blame you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that sucks. And I agree with you on that, but um, there's a lot of people who handle their weapons responsibly. They use them in self-defense. Um, it's, it's an American tradition. It's an American right. It's part of our culture. You don't have to support it. I wouldn't expect you to, um, you're white, but you're a foreigner, in my opinion. You're an outsider, an Ausländer, as we would say in German. There it is. And, you know, I, I take what you say with a grain of salt. Um, so just put I mean, it I, I respect you're right. Your position, I mean, I'm you not going to start. Outlander. Outlander. Right. No, I mean, I mean, it's like blood and soil. You got to take care of your own. I get it. Uh, but like it, the idea that, you know, if and again, I say the responsibility thing, like you've proven that you're not responsible enough because statistically it's true, right? Um, and it tracks exactly with the number of guns that are in the country, right? So, like, no, it, it is not, hold on, it is not irresponsible to suggest that we should actually start trying to limit the number of guns in the country to limit the number of dead people because but, that would work. Well, okay, so I think this is going off the rails because I mean, Matt has basically just expressed a perfectly sane, sober, centrist position on guns, at least in the context of the U.S. Overton window. He's fine with with stronger, better regulations. He doesn't want dangerous criminals having them. Right. As far as like suicides go, I, 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 the only reason I care about that is because I think it should be legal to have assisted suicide, but would be a lot more humane. But frankly, like people killing themselves is a freedom that I think that should be afforded to them and taking away their ability to do that if that's what they want to do is not progress. Um, so my, Do you know a lot of people that have attempted suicide? <laughs> I, hey, I look, mean, you know, Matt, Matt should no, be able to speak to us a lot no, better than both of us. There's, there's, there's very no, people. Uh, no, and I, I, don't know, I don't know very many people. Um, you know, and I, I'm aware of suicide. Um, I could certainly be more educated um, on it. And a lot of people die by suicide with firearms in the United States. And um, that, that's unfortunate. Grant, um, if you support euthanasia, which I'm guessing you do because you're Canadian, um, and I do too, coincidentally. Um, what's wrong with euthanasia if someone wants to um, 
do it at home with their firearms. So, I mean, that's one argument you could make. Well, and again, were we to decide a consensus position around, around guns, I am very purposefully uh, uh, hyperbolic around that topic. Uh, but at the same time, it's just because honestly, like if, if like 90% of people who want background checks and you can't even get background checks, there's a big fucking problem. Like that's super weird, right? And that there's a whole other governance issue that we could get into from that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it really like anything that moves the needle uh, to in any way on that issue, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm yeah, gonna but, absolutely but, for. Yeah, the Toomey Mansion bill. I don't know if you're familiar with the senators Toomey and Mansion. I think they're out of West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a Democrat, uh, conservative Democrat, liberal Republican. They um, sponsored legislation for universal background check. I would be on board with that. It doesn't pass. The NRA doesn't support it. Um, I support the NRA 99% of the time. I disagree with them on this issue, but I'd like to see um, more background checks and I'd like to see them more effective because just because there's a background check doesn't mean it's actually going to find what it's checking for. And that is also problematic. So we need the checks in place, but we also need them to have teeth. And by obviously getting the check in the place, getting a check in place is the first part. And then, um, making it more efficient is the next um step. agreed consensus achieved so, I, mean, I guess i guess i did such a good job paraphrasing your argument you didn't feel like you needed to elaborate on it but i just want well, to get no but you know my argument rio i mean you you've heard me bitch and moan for years i know but, but our knows my... have it right and so but like I, i'm just saying like you know i want to give you i want to i want i want i really hope that our listeners let that sink in because it is the only logical argument for supporting donald trump i've heard and furthermore, it is one that is actually motivated by truly right-wing ideas, not alt-right ideas, which Matt and I part ways on. He's much more comfortable with the alt-right than I am, um, which might be because in some ways I'm actually economically more conservative than you, Matt. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, whatever. Um, but like, it yes is, no. it's a very compelling <laughs> argument um, that is not easily knocked down. And in the context of you know, the conversations that most of us are used to having with Trump supporters, where most of the time the arguments are so idiotic that it's just, it's just like, you know, swatting a fly to knock them down. Your argument is, is something that should cause people who are like me, never Trumpers, some pause. Because, you know, and, and, and it really, in my opinion, it really hinges on the Democratic Party continuing to move left. And if that happens, you might end up just winning us are never, you know, right now, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of like fiscally conservative people who don't like Donald Trump. The Democrats could easily attract by nominating somebody like Andrew Yang, or they could repel them by nominating somebody like Bernie Sanders. And then, and then, you know, then we're stuck choosing between Trump and, and that, and that's not a good position for our country to be in, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yes, that, that, a seven-two stacked it, court it, for a generation would be super fun. Like Roberts won't be able to do anything about that. Well, how would you feel? How do you think uh, my side would feel if it was stacked seven-two with with your people on the court? So yeah, I mean, no one wants a seven-two situation. I don't even want a seven-two situation um, because that you know absolute power corrupts absolutely. A seven-two situation is absolute power, and the courts have ultimate say over everything. So even though we have yeah a checks and balances system, the Supreme Court really is more powerful than the other uh, branches because it can knock things down or it right. can maintain things. And Congress and the president cannot do that. And right. um, so that's, that's so I, I like another Trump term. Situation. So you're not going to vote for Trump this time then? 
I am going to vote for Trump. Uh, well, actually, so then you the disagree, one, right? Like, like Supreme Court is all powerful, except I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, I'm a walking contradiction. No, well, you know what I mean. Like that's Trump yeah. <laughs> I'm supporting Trump because I don't think the seven-two option um, will happen. Also, I think that Mitch McConnell will control the Senate for one more election, and I think the Senate will probably get lost the last two years of Bush's second term, and then no justices are going to get through. I want to see Ruth Bader Ginsburg replaced with a right-wing judge. Um, I think it's important for um, the identity of my side. It's important for our pride. We will feel justified. Um, There's a lot of emotion behind it, but um, I am not a fan of RBG. Even though I agree with some of her positions, um, I would like to see her replaced with a conservative, just like I was thrilled to see Obama replaced with Donald Trump. I want to see the progressive left stopped, and I want things pushed back. Uh, you're probably highly concerned and offended by that, but um, that's one reason I'm supporting I just, Trump. I disagree. I'm I'm offended. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I'm offended about the, uh, the the Trump shit enough that I don't. I'm not going to nitpick over judges. <laughs> Although honestly, like just okay. finding out, we could we could spend an hour. Like we have to we have to get to our next interview. We could spend we could spend an hour just talking about why you don't like RBG because I'm like, how the fuck? What? But again, we we have no, we I have like different views, right? So I love her to, Yeah. No, if if RBG showed up at my door and she had nowhere to go and she needed to help her place to say I would bring her in I'd give her food I I'd take care of her and I would I would make sure that nothing happened that lady I think she has a good heart she's nice I only disagree with her politics I also think Nancy Pelosi has a good heart when she says she's Christian and she says that she does not judge people or not she says that she uh, prays for the president I actually believe that she does I think that she was raised to pray for all people and I take her at her word. I know she dislikes Trump and it's her job to get him out of office. Right. I don't take that personally, but I don't hate Nancy Pelosi. And I take the same stance as Nancy Pelosi. I don't hate anyone. I don't hate anyone. Oh, I personally hate all hate kinds anyone. of people, but um, yeah, I'm not that cool. I, I think that Donald Trump really respects Nancy Pelosi because she is. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, she is an effective politician. She does understand the, the psychology at play. She does understand that sometimes you have to play hardball. Um, and she does a, an impressive job of herding a bunch of cats on the, in the Democratic Party to actually get shit done every now and then, which the more, more quote, and I'm putting this in air quotes because I don't consider them really progressive, the more, quote, progressive Democrats that there are in Congress, the harder it's going to be for their party to get anything done. So I think that Trump has enormous respect for, for Nancy Pelosi for all of those reasons. He has to attack her in the most vicious language on Twitter because that's his style and that's what his base wants to see. And, and I do think that it was completely justified for Hillary Clinton to call that deplorable and people who want to see that deplorable. I do hate people. I, I, hate, I hate the bases of both parties a lot. <laughs> But, you know, I'm a snob and I'm not as good a person as you get. <laughs> well, I, hey, Corey, I have a question. I know you yeah. hate the language that Trump um, uses, and I, I don't disagree with you there. But how is the language that Trump uses to describe his opposition any different than the language I've heard you hear use to describe my side? Um, I'm not a politician. Right. And, yeah, but and, you're a person so just like Trump. Well, here's the thing. I'm not trying to corral a bunch of people to then turn around and like fucking defend Nazis and do dumb shit and whatever. Right. Like that, like I, 
you know, could absolutely moderate my language so that it would be more humanity first. I have one hard line. If you're still going to support a guy that lies 20 times a day, I'm going to come down hard on you. I do not have a choice and I don't have any intention of changing that. Even though to your point, I probably should. Right. Like because I have an agenda. Right. And the agenda with this show, quite frankly, is to be looking for opportunities to find consensus. This pisses me off so much that I am literally incapable of doing it most of the time. And no, it's not. No, you're not incapable. No, you're not incapable. You're 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 fine. The problem is, is consensus sometimes can't be found when values, ideology and philosophy are diametrically opposed. And it's noble of you, though, to want to reach out and try to find consensus. And in being unable to do so, I think you find yourself frustrated and pissed off and you say what you say. And, and I, 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 I empathize and sympathize with you. And I'm happy nice. to give you therapy at $180 an hour if you want. It. There it is. But uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we're, we're just opposed. And I, I you know, I, I respect your, your Canadian positions. Um, I also am aware of the fact that one country is a superpower. The other one um, is in the dust compared to that. And I, I just think that the United States, the way that we do things, it's unique, um, but we are the last hegemonic power in the world. And, I'm really, really um, worried that we're going to lose that power, though. But you know that, Matt. And we'll have to have you on again to have a debate about foreign policy and why I think Donald Trump is making America less safe. But <laughs> I want to give well, you the- I don't know. We have to wrap up. I want to give you the last word. So anything you uh, want to say to our listeners, right. go ahead. All right. Well, if, if Corey would like me to come on again, um, I'm, I'm happy to come on again. I'm, you know, I'm not sure um, how much help I am to the, the podcast. So, but um, if you want me to come back on again, I'm happy to come on again. And Corey, if you'd ever want to just talk on the phone one-on-one um, so we can get to know each other better, that's fine too. You know, I'm um, getting older and I have a lot of history and baggage and experience just like you do. And there's a lot that plays a role in my conscious and unconscious thinking regarding why I believe what I believe that you don't know about me and that you're just seeing like a 30 minute snapshot here. And I'm probably leaving you with an impression of me that's more confused than you were before I came on your show. So, (laughs) you know, I regret that, but no, honestly, not, not at all. And, and the, the fact that you're so close with Rio, Rio has been trying to prepare me this for, for this for, for a while. It's gone more or less the way that I thought it would. But honestly, to your point, you are a human being with human values. Rio obviously values you as a human being, which is why this conversation is happening at all. Um, the, the <laughs> like period, right? But the idea that... <laughs> Can, you can also speak to those things that, that you know, are, are either conscious or unconscious that are creating the values that are creating that. That is an interesting conversation because I do want to understand how this is possible, even though I get hyper frustrated with it and that, you know, uh, I'll keep working on me. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's shocking to me that we could get here, right? I mean, it explains um, what happened in Europe right before Hitler took over to a T to me. Right. And, and you probably don't see that. And there's probably a lot of unconscious, unconscious, uh, uh, things. Well, I mean, you were the one uh, quoting a bunch of fun things in German. Uh, although like, he, he, he actually is German though. No, I know. But like that, like the, the, it just the, well, and we didn't bat an eyelash when I threw the, uh, the blood and soil thing across, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like, why would I, why would I, why would I be, no, why would I be an eyelash or an eyebrow when you say blood and soil? 
when, when I hear it, I consider the source. It's like, okay, Corey, I know it's coming from you. I know you want me to respond to it, but you know, blood and soil. It's, here, I'll be, I'll beat an eyelash. Thanks. Okay, that was, that, was the, that was all I wanted. That's all I wanted. I just wanted, I wanted, I wanted an eyelash to move. Okay, for some context, anyway. for some context, my, my, my Asian wife um, also speaks German fluently and yeah. actually grew up in Germany. So Germany, you know, uh, they, they have some baggage and they're dealing with it in their own way. It's true. Um, and they have banned guns and that's a bad thing. They have yeah. good people. Yeah, and, I, and, I only, and, I only used, and I only used one word. And I called you foreigner Ausländer, and yeah. yeah, maybe I could choose not to use it because the Third Reich did have a tendency to use that term. But I mean, you know that's, what? I didn't um, want to know, call it obviously, but uh, it's obvious. Yeah, but you know, you know, bro- you know, broken clocks are even right twice a day. So, um, you know, you, uh, you know, I, 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 I do not regret Show using the word Ausländer, but I'll over. reconsider it in the future. Okay. And, well, and and the comparison of Trump oh. to Hitler is right to the exactly the same extent that comparing Bernie Sanders to Stalin is right. Um, um, and I think I think that they. Well, yeah, no, I mean Bernie Sanders has publicly throughout his entire career defended yeah. actual dictatorships, communist dictatorships. So, you know, that like, this is the reason why I think it's important for us to have these hard conversations with people who we disagree with, right. with people that the media wants us to hate. And we need to come together as Americans and say, you know what, this is a democracy. It's okay to disagree. It might even be okay to be frustrated. It might even be okay to hate, hate people, to be honest. I think it's okay and justified to hate some people. But we can't all hate each other all the goddamn time because that's going to tear our society apart. That is true, Rio. Agreed. You are wise. And All Andrew right. Yang is our taco. Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, we are so excited to be bringing this to you, and we're so excited about the uh, the awesome community, the Yang Gang that's growing up around the candidacy uh, of Andrew Yang. Uh, if you could please tag us on Twitter with the hashtag Moving Forward Pod and uh, find and join the Moving Forward Podcast uh, group on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. On tap, wait, one tap mobile. There's a whole bunch of phone numbers New York, San Jose. The fuck do I send him? San Jose? I don't know. Any of them should work. Well, he's he's on the West Coast, so I guess I'll send him San Jose. Not that it matters. I mean, nobody, everybody has cell phones now. Nobody does long distance unless they're Joe Biden voters. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope we got that recorded for an Easter egg. We do. <laughs> yeah. I'm so funny. <laughs> All right. It's like almost time to like grow over there for a second. <laughs> um, should That's I be uh, should I be drinking for this upcoming episode? Oh, uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs>